Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Hello, listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today, which is March 8th. 2017. We're going to have a great show for you. Our very special guest today is Dr. Louis Moline, and he is going to talk to us about how supplements and good nutrition are so important. Now, he's a medical doctor and an expert in nutrition and exercise. He began his education began in, his education education in nutrition and exercise. Over 40 years ago. Over 40 years ago. At that time, he was overweight and very out of shape. And as a result, he ended up um, studying nutrition and supplements and exercise. He decided to do lift weighting, and he began applying the nutrition information he had been learning about. After a few weeks of exercising, he noticed that nutrition and supplements were affecting his workouts positively. So this encouraged him to continue to study nutrition and weightlifting. He's going to give us valuable information today on proper nutrition. And he's going to talk to us positively about his workouts. So let's bring Dr. Maline onto our show now. Hello there, Dr. Maline. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hello, and uh, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on your show, and I think we have some great information for your listeners. Oh, good. Very, very good. Well, I already gave the listeners um, background information on you. What I'm really curious about is where did you first get started and why, basically? Okay. I got started in this uh, a little over 40 years ago. And uh, basically, it was a situation where I was kind of overweight, and I was kind of quite overweight, and uh, really (laughs) out of shape. I was smoking, eating poorly. Oh I didn't really know how poorly I was eating, but, you know, I, I knew I wasn't eating the best I could eat. So I started looking into, uh, you know, how can I, what can I do? I wanted to get uh, in shape. <clears throat> I kind of enjoyed, um, I appreciated people who were strong. And so I mm-hmm. started looking into weightlifting as an exercise program. And uh, I got started on uh, starting with their diets and what they ate and figured that they were eating the healthiest that they could uh, could eat, and uh, so I started down that route. And of course, back then there was all kinds of supplements involved: uh, protein powders and vitamins, and all these sorts of things. And so I jumped into that uh, game and uh, pursued that for quite a while. And I was making some good progress, and losing some weight, getting some strength, and eating better. And that continued for uh, quite a few years, actually. 
that during the course of this time, you can't always afford to buy these supplements. So there was times when I would have the supplements available, times when I wouldn't. And after a few years of this, I um, was noticing that I wasn't really making any or getting any benefit that I could tell from all the supplements I was taking. And that kind of started me questioning, you know, what what is a real thing behind these supplements? Are they really necessary? What am I really supposed to be getting out of there? So I started checking into that. And this was before I went to med school. So I'm thinking, great, when I go to med school, they're going to teach me all of this stuff about nutrition. It's going to answer all my questions. I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> As it turns out, they don't really teach you anything about nutrition in med school. And definitely nothing True. about exercise or you know, physical conditioning. And so that was a big net down. So I continued to investigate the um, the reasons, you know, what, what's going on here? What's the real stuff? And there's plenty of research out there to dig into this and figure it out. But what I really figured out is that the supplements are not necessary. And they're not necessary if you're eating a reasonably healthy diet. Now, as it turns out, um, you know, what is a reasonably healthy diet? True. And there's a lot of information out there that gives you bits and pieces of information. You know, everybody says, oh, yeah, eat uh, fruits and vegetables and all this other stuff. But they don't really give you enough information for you to figure out how to make your diet the healthiest that it can be. So basically there's five food groups. And these food groups were figured out uh, many years ago, and they're still applicable today. But you basically have these five food groups, and the reason they're divided up into groups, they are the foods in those groups have nutritional commonality. So you look at the cereal range, you don't have to eat everything within that group, but you need to eat something from that group to get the nutritional components that it supplies. Mm-hmm. So basically five, the five food groups are uh, cereal grains, fruits, I'll do them in order, uh, cereal okay. grains, water, vegetables, and eggs, and fruits. And eggs and stuff like that, and then your dairy groups on top. And they put them in a, a food pyramid because uh, to give you an idea of the proportions that you should eat. So if cereal grains are on the bottom, you should eat the most of the cereal grains, and then you should eat the most next most volume from the vegetable group, and so on. They kind of switched that around. More modern uh, pyramids have switched the vegetable and the cereal grains. And unless you are working out quite or working quite intensely and need the extra calories, it really um, you don't need the extra calories in the cereal grains. So you move them up a notch, put the vegetables on the bottom, then cereal grains and fruits. And uh, that seems to be a pretty good uh, way to uh, proportion the food. Another thing that the FDA has done is uh, they have put foods into um, they call it. Uh, I forget what they call it, my plate or something like that, they call it. And it's basically a food pyramid, but they've just proportioned the plate with the different food groups uh, on portions on the plate. And I think the food pyramids make more sense. But back to where we were at, when you eat proportionally from all of these food groups, and you need to eat food that's least processed. So if you're buying um, uh, prepared cereals, for your cereal grains group, you're not getting the nutrition from the cereal grains group. So you need to be eating a, uh, raw, unprocessed uh, foods in these five groups. And when you do that, you get more than enough nutrition, including protein and everything else that your body needs to be healthy without any supplementation. 
And so how I figured out was that getting nutrition from these uh, food groups from your food, um, you get more than enough nutrition without the expense of the supplements. And um, <clears throat> the problem with the supplement is, uh, let's, let's take multivitamins, for example. You say, okay. well, let's start taking multivitamin. And there's a lot of advertisements out there now. I mean, at the gym every day, they advertise, you know, take multivitamin and it's going to increase your metabolism, make you healthier and help you lose weight and all this other stuff. Well, the reality is, even if you're eating a poor diet, you may be getting enough of the vitamins and minerals to meet the FDA standards, you know, the daily uh, value that they uh, are now putting on all the food labels. You may be getting enough of those uh vitamins and minerals to meet those requirements, even on a poor diet. So, if, But if you're eating a poor diet and you're not getting sufficient vitamins and minerals, which ones are you not getting? Right, you have so no you idea. What you're, exactly, there, and there's no real good way to figure it out. So how do you pick a multivitamin that's going to supply your needs if uh, you don't even know what your needs are? And if you look at the multivitamins, there's a wide range of the there's only so many vitamins that have been identified, minerals and things, and they put different combinations of those in there and different amounts of the different vitamins and minerals, and there's a mm-hmm. huge number of multivitamins out there. So which one do you take, and is it really going to do you any good? Now, what right. you, you run into is because people aren't eating as well as they could or should, uh, they may start taking multivitamins and say, wow, I feel a lot better. Well, yes, you might if you're eating poorly enough. And you, you hear all these testimonials of people taking herbs and whatever, and they say, wow, you know, I started taking this product. And uh, I just heard one uh, last night that they were talking about, uh, you know, they were almost on their deathbed. And uh, they started taking this one product, and within two weeks they were up and around and felt great. Well, if that were true, although these testimonials I find are usually pretty much fabricated, but to say that were even true, what does that mean? Does that mean that that one product that she was taking, that was a miracle drug that uh, <laughs> fixed her and and made her healthy and well again? No, what that means is her diet was so deficient in something that that, thing, that product provided for her that she mm-hmm. was that sick, and by providing that nutritional deficiency, it made her healthy again. But there's never any mention of, uh, even in the medical community, take obesity, for example. And, and that's a, a big reason I, I wrote the book was to address the obesity issue. But if you're overweight and you go to the physician, you know, what do they tell you? Well, eat better or start some diet plan. They have no way to really address how to go about losing weight um, in a way that's going to be effective and Permanent. There's all mm-hmm. kinds of. I know, if you look at diet programs, I have a list of over 100, that's probably 110, 115, and I haven't even looked for diet programs. These are ones I just kind of collected up. There's that many diet programs out there, but yet, with all of these and the thousands of supplements that are out there claiming to help with weight loss and everything, the obesity problem is still getting worse. So there's something wrong with this whole picture. Uh-huh. Well, what's wrong? What's wrong is the, the diet programs are aimed at getting you to lose weight quickly. So you start on the program, and they the way they do that is they cut back your calories significantly. 
But they'll tell you that, you know, look, I'm just going to feed you this food, but what it really does is cut the calories, actually, or lose some weight. They say, no, if you eat this way, if you eat this diet plan, and you eat these foods that I tell you to eat, you'll lose weight. But what they're really doing is just cutting back your calories to where you'll start losing weight. And it's usually a significant cutback, so you'll lose weight quickly. Sure. So they uh, they approach the weight loss issue that way. But the problem with that is, First off, you're making radical changes to your diet. So instead of um, dieting with foods that you like or eating appropriately is the way I like to put it rather than dieting, because once you eat a certain way, you need to eat that way the rest of your life. Why? And so because what they do just on these diets, you eat a certain way, and then they tell you to eat a different way. But it's a radical change from what you've been doing. And so, and first off, the foods that you eat are habitual, just like smoking or anything else. You habitually eat the foods that you eat. And so when you switch from that, it's, it's a radical change, and it causes a significant amount of stress and anxiety. Oh, but okay. You're willing, you're willing to put up with that for a length of time, <clears throat> excuse me, sufficient so that you can lose your weight. Mm-hmm. Well, most people, most people don't even stick with that. They'll, for various lengths of time, some people stick to it for a week or two or three or a month or six months. Some people even get to the target weight. But once you get to your target weight, now what do you do? Well, you don't have, you haven't established an eating pattern that's healthy or maintainable. You're still missing all these foods that you eat, used to eat and say, oh, I'm finally at my target weight. I can go back to what I was doing. Well, no, you can't. Because what you were doing before is what made you fat. And it's going to make you fat again. And so <clears throat> that's where you hear about all these rebounds. Weights, uh, they, they gain all their weight back, and they usually gain a little bit more than what they had lost. So after all this fiasco of dieting and starving yourself and changing your, the foods that you eat radically and everything, what have you gained? Which is nothing. You've actually lost. You're probably less healthy because of the foods that they have you eat. You um, are not lost any weight. You've actually probably gained more weight, and you spend a significant amount of time doing this, and you've been miserable the whole time. So, the diets just don't work because, <clears throat> first off, the first the first goal should be to achieve nutritional health, and without nutritional health, everything else doesn't really matter that much. And so. Um, they're not achieving, or you're not achieving a diet that is providing nutritional health that you need to have, and you've not done anything to incorporate that diet permanently into your lifestyle. So this is where hmm. they all fail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the supplements fail in that if you're eating a healthy diet, there aren't any supplements out there that you need. And so they all fail because... They give you the idea, they say, well, this supplement is going to do this and this and this for you. And you say, wow, I need that supplement because I have those problems. I have those symptoms. Mm-hmm. And so you think, oh, I'm going to buy a supplement and it's going to cure me. The reality is if you have those symptoms, you're deficient in something in your diet. You're not eating appropriately. So you don't need the supplement to supply that. You just need to learn to eat better. Mm-hmm. But supplements mm-hmm. are very expensive. And they only address one slight issue. So you take a supplement, and it might make you feel better. Like I said, if you're deficient in something that is providing for you, 
it might actually make you feel better. You say, "Oh, wow, this is wonderful! I found this wonderful product that is uh, what it's done for me." And then you have another symptom, or something else comes up, and then there's another product out there that fixes that. You say, "Oh, well, this one works so well. I'm going to try that one." Next thing you know, you're taking ten supplements and you're spending twice your food budget on supplements, and you're not getting really anything out of it. Well, you know, so um, a, a lot of us take like omega-3 or omega-6 fatty acids because we don't uh-huh. eat fish. So right. in that instance, um, you know, the supplements can be beneficial. Well, but uh, how about eggs? Because the fatty acids occur in a lot of foods, so you really have to look mm-hmm. at it. If you're going to pick something that say, I'm not going to eat this for whatever reason, then you have to look at what it's supplying for you nutritionally and then find mm-hmm. other food that substitute that. What's your, what's, your view, what's your viewpoint on the fact that, you know, our soil is depleted um, of minerals, you know, essential minerals that we need, mm-hmm. so therefore the foods that we eat don't have those minerals in them? What All is right. your thought on now, that? If you back up into the 50s, maybe even the 40s, in the 50s, they were starting to look at those things because they didn't look at it because people were unhealthy. They were looking at it because the crops they were producing weren't that great. And so they're saying, well, hmm, what's wrong with our soil that our crops look so crappy? So they start investigating the um, soil needs, plants needs, the fertilizers to make the plants healthy. And then later on, you know, nutritionists pick up on that and, uh, and now the FDA is involved and, and uh, <clears throat> checking these food sources. But they, over the years, they have realized that, yeah, our soils get depleted. They've learned how to rotate crops. They've learned how to substitute things that the plants deplete out of the soil, mineralize and, and other things. So the plants produce the nutritional components that they're capable of producing. Now, there may be differences in soil, so that if you uh, grow a certain uh, plant in some area, it may be deficient in, say, a vitamin or some minerals that it can't, it's capable of producing because the soil isn't quite up to par in that area. But in another mm-hmm. area, it may be perfectly fine. So what I recommend is don't just buy vegetables from one store or fruits or whatever it is. Uh, buy them from different stores because they get their vegetables from different people or from different sources, which come from different growing areas. So if there is a deficiency in one area, you're not going to be caught up in that deficiency. You'll pick it up by buying uh, produce or fruits or whatever from another area. And so there are ways to get around that, but the the long and short of that is our our food supply is not as bad as people make it out to be. And uh, it's pretty carefully regulated now when they're growing techniques and the fertilizers that are used and the pesticides and herbicides and all of these things are very closely monitored and uh, tested. Uh, that's not perfect, but there are really no perfect food sources out there. There's no perfect way to grow the quantity of food that uh, the population needs without these uh, chemicals and fertilizers and things coming into play. So, <clears throat> If you did nothing and you tried to grow the crops that we need, yeah, the soil would get depleted. And it, remember that the plants need certain things in order for them to grow well. If they don't have what they need, they're just like us. They don't grow well. 
And so if you at least have the things the plant needs, it's going to uh, look healthy. Uh, it's going to uh, supply nearly everything it's capable of supplying, even if you just barely supply the plant's needs. But, so I don't worry too much about the depleted soils and things because they're looking at those issues, they're monitoring those issues. And you go into the store and look at something. If something doesn't look good, it probably doesn't supply the nutritional needs of components you're trying to get out of that food item. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So of um, the uh, the supplements as a whole that we've, we've um, pretty much covered, how about natural medicines? Uh-huh. And herbs. What are your thoughts on those? Uh, same thing. The the supplements, herbs, natural medicines, they're pretty much all the same thing. Now, you know, what does an herb have in it that, that uh, these other things don't have? Same thing. Our bodies need certain uh, chemicals in order to function appropriately. Mm-hmm. Now, certainly, you can override those things. You can make things. Uh, you can speed up these processes, you can slow them down, you can interfere with them so that they don't function appropriately. Like, uh, you know, say bodybuilders using testosterone or other aspects using these drugs, these performance-enhancing drugs. Yeah, it speeds up the processes that produce energy and stimulate muscle growth and things like this. These things aren't necessarily healthy, and but they are something that you can do to your body to make it perform even better than it's designed to perform or But overall, these sorts of things are detrimental in the end. If you look at the health problems that these super athletes later on encounter because of the steroid use and other drug use, that takes a toll on our bodies. So the point is we're not all super athletes. And, you know, yeah, we don't need these extra stimulants or extra things to make us better. We just want to be healthy and uh, be able to live a healthy, healthy life. Exactly. It's, it's a huge um, growing market, herbs and supplements, et cetera. And obviously there's, there's different opinions on the fact, you know, whether we need them or not. Um, yeah. Obviously, like you were, into... like what you were saying, you know, yeah, if we right. exercise a lot, then we're going to probably need more nutritional foods and possibly supplements. Yeah, I think if you um, if you exercise intensely, you you need to eat uh, appropriately for what your body needs, but. I can't think of any supplements that you really need that's going to there really are no supplements you need in order to improve your workouts. No, mm-hmm. Nothing that you can't get from from just good unprocessed natural foods. Now if you you already started talking about the herbs and things, the, the chemicals in the herbs they they supply things that our bodies may not necessarily need. And a lot of these herbs have even shown interfere with a lot of normal functioning things in our bodies and don't really supply that much of a beneficial effect. And the way they go about this, like if you look at medications, uh, most of our medications have been found from things in nature. 
Okay, like uh, aspirin, for example. Take the bark of a little tree, and it has the mm-hmm. chemicals in it that they've extracted and made aspirin from. If you look at uh, antibiotics, <clears throat> see the penicillin is going by mold. And they discover it, they isolate it, find out what the chemical is, they mass produce it. They mass produce it probably by letting back the mold grow it. But they, uh, they know what it is. It's a chemical that they can identify, they extract from the plant or whatever, and um, it has the effect that they're seeing by acting isolating that particular chemical that's causing that effect. With herbs and things like that, they excuse me, extracted all of the medica- or all of the chemicals out of it that they can extract and identify, and they give those in combinations or singly to try to get the effect that they're claimed to have, and they don't get the effect. Mm-hmm. They don't see that effect. Well, people would say, well, that means that they really don't have an effect. But other people say, well, it's because there's other chemicals in there that you're not picking up or it takes a certain combination that you're not testing or there's something in the way you're testing it that you're not seeing the result. But it's there. It's really there. And so they're not willing to give up on the fact that it's not there. So there's no way to really prove that that effect is there or not. True. You know, because you've tested the chemicals and you don't get the effect. Whereas in the medications, you test the chemicals and you get the effect. But then mm-hmm. these uh, true uh, herbal people are just not willing to give up on how these herbs are doing anything. But if the herb mm-hmm. does something for you, it's not because the herb is supplying something that you couldn't get and all of a sudden it's got this magic chemical in it that's going to make you healthy. It's because it's supplying something that your body needs if you're not eating the diet, which you should be okay. if you're eating the appropriate diet. If it's the same with uh, other other medications. Uh, if we go back to exercising, mm-hmm. it's become very popular for people to take these supplements that they use while they're at the gym, their workouts. I see people all the time with uh, these things that they put supplements uh, mixed up into. And they'll do a, a set, and then they'll drink some of the supplement, and then they do another set or whatever. But what I don't see them doing is looking out very intensely. Mm-hmm. So what they're relying on, they're relying on the supplement supplying the stimulation that they're looking for to make them stronger, more endurance, whatever they're trying to get out of their workout. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in fact, what they need to get out of that workout, they need to get physical stimulation. That's what you're exercising for. You're stimulating your body, telling it, I need to be able to produce this amount of energy. Mm-hmm. And by telling, so by doing that, if you give anybody that stimulation, then it um, it grows to meet the demand that you're placing on it. By drinking some supplement, it's not going to make you all of a sudden turn into Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay, <laughs> years of intense workout is going to turn you into Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> but the other thing that people don't realize either is that they go to the gym. And they, um, um, I forgot where I was going with that, but when you when you uh, go to the gym, the first thing you need to do is be nutritionally healthy, as nutritionally healthy as you can be. Because when you go to the gym and you exercise, but it doesn't matter what you want to be, a runner, weightlifter, whatever you want to do, 
you need to be nutritionally healthy or as nutritionally healthy as possible in order to get the benefits of your workout. Because if mm-hmm. you do you're not nutritionally healthy, you beat your body up, and then um, it's not going to have the resources it needs to function appropriately. And so you're, really, you're doing damage to your body rather than helping it. What's your, take on, on, what's your take on taking natural medicines, for instance, to control blood pressure? Yeah. Um, I don't think they really work. And I'll tell you why. It's the same thing as with the herbs and the other things. They, um, if you look at people who eat really well, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about eating raw, unprocessed foods, at least as much as you can. I mean, some things mm-hmm. you just can't eat them raw. Um, but if you're eating the, from the five food groups and you're eating a good variety and you're eating it unprocessed, you're getting everything that you need nutritionally. Mm-hmm. Now, if you exercise and you're taking care of the physical physiology, the physical side, it's all physiology, but if you take the physical stimulation side of that, these people just don't have blood pressure problems and health or other problems, atherosclerosis and things like that. So that's not an issue for these people because the body has what it needs to function appropriately. They're making the bodies to function appropriately by stimulating them so that the process, our bodies are designed to work. And when mm-hmm. you exercise and stimulate your body, it is functioning the way it's designed to function. And so um, much more healthy uh, we just don't have the problems with blood pressure and atherosclerosis and diabetes and the high cholesterol issues and things like that that uh, people have. <clears throat> when you look at somebody that has heart disease or somebody who has diabetes, type 2 diabetes, we take somebody uh, who's overweight, high blood pressure, whatever the, the issue is, these things result from years of inappropriate nutrition and no exercise. Mm-hmm. And so is, is it any wonder, you know, after 30 years of eating uh, potato chips and cookies and soda pop and ice cream, that your body is unhealthy, that your body is compensated as much as it can compensate. Now it's no longer able to manage because it doesn't have what it needs. And now high blood pressure starts showing up or you start developing atherosclerosis or heart problems. Or, I mean, is it any surprise that these things happen? And then you hear all these testimonials. I mean, the medical profession is really out of touch with all of this. But when you uh, – I see some articles. I've seen several articles on uh, bariatric surgery. And they're saying, well, after bariatric surgery – uh, we see a reduction in diabetes. Uh, we see a reduction in blood pressure, hypertension. We see all these things improving. Well, it wasn't the bariatric surgery that approved any of that. Mm. The fact that they went through bariatric surgery and they lost a bunch of weight, they had to start eating a special diet, which isn't that good of a diet because a physician put them on it. And, of course, we know that they know nothing about nutrition. They just had a nutritionist put them on a diet. That's going to be probably the best that they're going to do in that scenario. But they they improved their diet, they lost some weight, and even without doing anything else, they improved their blood pressure, they improved their diabetes, and all of these things just by being more nutritionally healthy. Mm -hmm. So 
you got to get down to the raw nutrition. You got to you know, get back to where nutrition comes from. And the thing you could try to do it with supplements and herbs and all this other stuff, but you know you're, you're going to be missing a lot of nutrients because they don't contain that many nutrients. I mean, some of them do because some of them are just vegetables or things. Um, so they probably have a lot of the stuff they need, but it's more difficult to try to balance things out <clears throat> if you if you um, try to rely on herbs or natural medicines or something to fill in your nutritional needs. Because they're very well fulfilled just by eating from the five food groups. So is there anything else that you'd like to add to your interview today? Well, I just uh, really encourage everybody to look into being nutritionally, as nutritionally fit as you can. Now, you can do that on the foods that you like. And one thing that I talk about in my book is, uh, first off, I give you the information you need. I found that years ago, when I was first thinking about producing some information, I tried doing pamphlets and things like that. And I found you need a little more information than you can put into a pamphlet in order to educate people on enough things that they need to know in order to be healthy. And mm-hmm. so uh, I found that writing this book was really necessary to educate you on your physiology and the things that you need to know. And it's not that much, but it's just you need to know those things. You need to know where this information comes from. You need to know what the food groups are and, and how to eat those food groups. So once you have this information, you need to learn to eat the foods that you like in the proper portions for your taste that are adequate for your needs so that you'll be at the weight you want, you'll be as healthy as, as you can be. And then if you can add physical stimulation on it, if you go to the gym or exercise or do something in addition to that, then you can improve your overall physiologic health. And I talked about that yeah, well. what's um why don't you tell our listeners the name of your book and uh your website and where okay. they can purchase your book. Okay. Um my book is called Lies Exposed, The Truth About Dieting, Supplements, Weight Loss and Exercise. And it is available on Amazon. It's uh, in paperback or it's available on Kindle. Great. Uh my website is uh www.healthfiascorevealed.com and that's just H-E-A-L-T-H-F-I-A-S-C-O-R-E-V-E-A-L-E-D just like down they're like the normal word dot mm-hmm. com <laughs> and uh, I have a blog too that's part of that and I, <clears throat> I uh, put the blog out on Twitter and Facebook and stuff but you can go to my website and uh, all of the blogs are listed on there I keep adding to that regularly, and I'm working on uh, producing a vlog. So have, I think the videos are a little bit nicer for people to look at, and they're a little more willing to listen to someone talk rather than try to read an article. But they're, mm-hmm. they're short and to the point, but they cover a lot of topics. And and uh, they can email me. I have an email link on there, and they can, if somebody has questions or would like to know something about a particular product or whatever, they can email me, and I'll research it out for them and give them an answer. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you, Dr. Lewis Maline, for being with us today. You've been very, very informative. And continue your great work because we all benefit from it. Thanks again. Thank you, and keep up your good show for educating people. Thank you for having (laughs) me. 
Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Bye. All right, listeners, that is our show for today. Please join us again next Wednesday for another informative show on Health Media Now. And until then, be well. Bye-bye. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have. And follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit gotcancernowwhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What? The entire contents of this radio show are based upon the opinions of Denise Messenger and her guest. It is not intended to replace a one-on-one relationship with a qualified healthcare professional, and it is not medical advice. We're only sharing knowledge and information from our guest and the experience of Denise and her community. We encourage you to make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with a qualified healthcare professional of your choice. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration.